foreigner. What did you think of when you hear that term? Or when you even use that term? Do you think of something negative? Do you think of something positive? Well, either way that you think, on this episode of Chinwagging with Rock, we're going to talk to a foreigner and see what he has to say. And after hearing this podcast, this episode, that question I asked you, think about it again. Foreigner, what comes to mind? Positive or negative? Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Rock. Today we will we will be speaking with a young man who's not originally from here. He's gonna let you know where he's from and why he decided to come here and what his life was like there compared to here and what he's doing here. We have here today with us Williamson. Hey, thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And his wife, Charlotte. Yes, thank you. And of course, my guest co-host, Dana Dane. Hello, everyone. All right, Williamson. So where are you from? Well, I, I was born and raised in Haiti. It's a beautiful country. They, they do have a lot of struggle, but this, this is the place that I grew up. This country has a, has a special place in my heart. Born and raised, and I remember growing up, my family used to come to the U.S. for summer. Every summer vacation, we'll come to New York, visit family members. But my parents wanted us to stay in Haiti. That's where they want us to um, go to school. They want us to be able to, they want to, they want us to be under their watch, where they can watch us and see what we are doing. Okay. My, yeah. So you said y'all used to come to the U.S. in during the summer. Yeah, during the summer, yeah, to visit so, family members. Oh, so family. Some, some of us that are geographical, not Me. so good, right. <laughs> Where is Haiti compared to the United States? Haiti is not far away from the U.S. It's, it's 45 minutes away from Miami, from Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm sorry, how many minutes? 45 minutes. Oh. Wow, yeah. did not know that. Haiti is... On an airplane. Yeah, on an airplane, right. yeah. Right. Practically okay. here in the U.S., Okay. You, all right. you all know this story. Haiti is the first black mm-hmm. nation mm-hmm. who claimed their independence. So when when this slave came to the U.S., they crossed the river Mississippi and they hit um, Louisiana. So Haiti is the hit of the purchase of Louisiana. Mm. Did not know that. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so Haiti is a, a black country. It is. Yeah. That sounds kind of strange to say a black. Country, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, whole the whole country, country right? right? Right, Especially right. if you were yeah. born in America, right? Yeah. So, like in the summertime, I would go to Atlanta to visit my aunt. Y'all would go to a whole other country to visit. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, when how old were you your first time coming to the United States? If you can remember, um, I would say I was probably nine, eight, coming to visit my families in New York, but. I never get to stay for a long time. But I would say in 2015, that's when I decided to move to the U.S. to come. I, come, I came for school. I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Tell, but tell me, how, at the age of eight or nine, what, what, did you, what went through your mind mm-hmm. when you was in the United States mm-hmm. as far as what you were seeing mm-hmm. compared to Haiti? I've never been to Haiti, so I can't <laughs> imagine the difference, but... At the age of eight or nine, when you saw the United States and you saw Haiti, what was the comparison in your mind? Yeah. So from, I, I remember um, growing up, we love we love playing something called, um, what's the name, Lelo Nintendo. So every time I came to the U.S., my cousin would let us play. On Nintendo? Nintendo, yeah. Oh. This little game. Yeah. <laughs> Video game. Uh-huh. Wow. It's, yeah. So that's the only place we get to play that game when we came to visit. Is that okay. Coleco Vision? Yeah. Uh huh. Nintendo, no. It's, it's like a little it's, Mario. Mario. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's totally different. Okay. So yeah, I we have we have cousins. Most of my most of my mom's family lives in New York. Mm-hmm. So we came and visit, and then went back to Haiti. Um, I 
I really didn't have a special memory of the U.S. because most of my memory is spent in the province of Haiti, mm -hmm. which is the south of Haiti. That's why I spend most of my time during the summer. I will say I started to see and learn more about the United States when I turned 16. Okay. That's okay. when the earthquake happened. But before the earthquake, I came to the U.S. I live with my brother in Akron, Ohio, mm. and because I was planning to go on my mission, and I started coming to visit him. And then after that, when I turned 19, I served a mission for my church. And then when I turned 21, that's when I moved to the U.S. That's when I moved to Utah. I decided okay. to okay. stay there. Okay, so, so how many... Am I saying this right? The, the actual move. <laughs> so how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have five. Yeah, I'm the third. Okay. Yeah, All I right. have one older brother and then three younger siblings. Mm -hmm. But I do have one older sister. She, we don't have the same father, but the right. same mother. Okay, yeah. okay. So what languages in Haiti? Because I, I hear... What language is in Haiti? Mm -hmm. In Haiti, we speak French growing up, mm -hmm. but we also speak Haitian Creole. Haitian Creole. You should say oh, something. In yeah, Haitian say something in Haitian Creole. Sac passe. It's like, how La are boule. you? Yeah. yeah uh -huh. <laughs> My wife speaks Haitian Creole really well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. I speak a little bit. Yeah. Say something else. Like, um, Haiti. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to smile That's ear to ear, but yeah, I, I love the fact that I, I like to hear foreigners speak, mm. and yeah. it, it just it blows my mind. It's because, beautiful, huh? Yeah, it is. It's beautiful to hear you speak in another language. By the way, how many languages do you speak? I would say for the French, growing up, I. I was allowed to speak French at my house. You couldn't speak Creole inside. They tried to separate the poor class and the middle class and the rich class. So the middle class and the rich class, they speak French, mm -hmm. but the poor class, they speak Haitian Creole. Mm -hmm. So I could only speak Haitian Creole outside of my house because mm -hmm. I grew up with this middle class family. We went to private school. So I grew up speaking French. If I ever speak Creole in my school, they will send me back home and bring my bring my parents. Whoa! And it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't. So after after my high school, I decided to study a lot of dialects of French. Mm. I took over five dialects of French because I wanted my dream was to travel and learn about all type of French, and I study all those type of dialects of French. That's interesting. So you telling me that <laughs> if you speak a certain language, that classifies of what class of exactly. people you are. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, That's if I came to a bank or if I came to any place I started speaking French, they know who I am. They know mm -hmm. where I came from. But That's if I started yeah, if I started speaking Haitian Creole, they can tell, well you're gonna have to stand the line for another thirty minutes. Oh, that's amazing! Oh. So that's so one you of the were also treated a certain kind of way. Right. Exactly. Oh, so what's yeah. the comparison to that here? <laughs> I was actually I asked him a lot of questions about this the first time I went to Haiti. I, um, as we walked around, he would talk about like different classes, and he could like immediately tell what everybody's class was mm -hmm. inside of Haiti, and I kept asking him like how do you know? Yeah. And he said, like, the way they speak, the way they dress, where they come from, mm -hmm. everything, and um, what kind of accent they have, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I was thinking about that, and I, I was thinking, you know, if I were walking through my high school when I was in high school, I, I couldn't tell you without knowing anybody, right. who's this class, who's this class, who's this class. Mm -hmm. I mean, you kind of can, by the way, they dress, but right. there are still poor people who spend all their money on on their clothes. On their clothes, right? right? Exactly. So it's really hard to tell in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, because I think with the lack of corruption and stuff, mm -hmm. that we've been able to like just lessen a lot of that, and classism isn't mm -hmm. like so prominent. Right. Not in the U.S. It's not. That is <laughs> that's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It is. Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna kind of fast forward a little bit. You decide to come to college in the United States. Yeah. Uh huh. Does Haiti have colleges? Oh yeah, Haiti mm -hmm. has a lot of universities. But um, like I said, I came from middle class. That was the goal. My dad wanted me to become a doctor to okay. study in Cuba. Mm -hmm. He had a full ride scholarship for me, but I made a spiritual decision to go on my mission to serve and preach the gospel. I denied his wow. full ride scholarship because I couldn't 
serve a full-time spiritual mission for my church at the same time go to college. I couldn't. So I had to choose between serve a mission for my church or go to college. Wow. And I chose that. And the Lord was able to bless me in so many ways because mm-hmm. I took that path. Yeah. I have a question. You said that your dad had it planned out for you and had the scholarship yeah. available and you chose to do something different. How did that affect, how, how does that work in Haiti? Because I know there are yeah. uh, parents here and students here who want to do one thing. Your parents want you to do another. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, sometimes they, um, like, you shame the family because you didn't yeah. do it. And then there are other times your parents are more supportive mm-hmm. and they allow you to make those type choices. So yeah. I'm just curious, how is it in That's Haiti? That's a great question. It wasn't easy because okay. you don't get those things twice in life. Mm. Those full white scholarship only come once mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they only give them to the to the best student in the entire nation because 30 20 years ago my dad was one of the top student so wow. he had that opportunity to go and get that full white scholarship for me mm-hmm. and williamson's only- not telling you that he was also one of the best students in Haiti <laughs> too. so he 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 wasn't happy about that Mm. because they only give five of those in the entire nation of 12 million people. Wow. wow. You know, so his mind those. was blown. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Yeah, but my mom was, my mom said, well, my mom wasn't, she, she was a Christian. Of course, she She's believes. very spiritually minded. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she said, well, if that's, if that's, if he puts God above anything, I will support him. But my dad, not he wasn't going to support me, but mm-hmm. He didn't want me to miss that opportunity because this means so much to my dad and my mom. Because mm. my dad came from a poor village. He had three siblings. He was the only one that his parents could afford school for. Mm. So my dad was the only one who could go to school. And his parents were so poor. And I remember my dad has to work, had to work so hard in high school. And because of his hard work, they were able to allow his siblings to come to school for free. When he finished high school and he moved to Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti, to go to college. So he had to work so hard again to make it one of the top. Mm-hmm. When this big organization came to Haiti, they are looking for the five top students. They picked my dad. Wow. And they said, what, what can we do for you? He said, I would love you to help me build, build a few public schools in my hometown so kids will never have to stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he went back and built a few public schools mm-hmm. in his hometown. Mm-hmm. So my dad's journey, the only way for him to succeed was education. Right. So for him to see me denying and choose not to take that, it was hurtful for yeah. him. Right. I can, I can but at the that. end, I do know inside of me at that time, that, that was, was the, the right best decision. Choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I he can, still know yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, we're gonna speak upon that now. Mm-hmm. What happened to you in Haiti at the age of 16? Yeah, when I was 16, that's the experience that will change the, the curse of my life. That's when the earthquake happened in 2010, 2010. And I remember I was in high school. That's one of my high school, my private school. It's one of the top, they call it the normal in school. And I remember when I was in high school that day, my mom came pick me up. She felt that she needed to, to come pick me up. She had no reason to do that, but she felt that she needed to. When she came to the school, she asked my principal to go pick me up, to go get me upstairs. And I didn't ask her why, but I felt that I needed to jump in the car, and she dropped me to my dad's orphanage. So as I was in the orphanage working with the kids, because that was part of my job, working with my parents, for my parents, mm-hmm. in the orphanage, taking care of the kids, there was 12 kids, there were 12 kids in the orphanage, and there was a little boy standing next to me. His name is Tibla, meaning the little white dude. He mm-hmm. was like a, like half of, half albinos. Oh. Albino? Yeah, ab- albino. Albino. Mm-hmm. albino, yeah. Okay. And they call him Tibla, little, mm-hmm. little, little white. white. Mm-hmm. And there was 11, um, the other 11 kids were probably five to 10 feet away from me. Mm-hmm. And as I was speaking with Tibla, that's when the building started shaking. We were on the bottom floor of a three-story building, and the building collapsed. The earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. And by the way, in my new book called Rising from the Rubble, it's available on Amazon. 
I've shared a lot of experience that I've never shared before. There are a lot of moments, sacred moments while I was under that building. Because I remember I, I, was, I couldn't move when the building collapsed. I was under that building. My arm was broken. We were in pain and we couldn't move, couldn't breathe. And I was thirsty, hungry. And Tibla and the other 11 kids. While I was under that building, I remember I heard the kids stop screaming one by one because they were slowly dying. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time, Tibland, the little boy, he kept asking me, are we going to make it? And I kept saying, yes, we are going to make it. Somehow I, I felt that we are going to make it, even though I didn't know how. And the more he kept asking me, the more he inspired me to even go deeper, to ask myself this question for myself. Am I going to make it? And that's when I decided to say a prayer to God. Am I going to make it? If you let me make it, if you save me, I am going to serve you. And right after that prayer, there was a lady. She came down to help rescue me. I talk about this lady in my book, chapter five, the lady in the blue dress. She's my mom's mom. She died when my mom was four. Mm. And that lady has been assigned to protect, watch over me, to just bless my life. So after they rescued me, the kids, the 11 kids died under that building. But me and Tibla, we were able to make it out. And after they rescued me, I found out that my 25 classmates died. Because that day, I was the only one who left the class because my mom came pick me up that day. Wow. So, but for me, I felt after the earthquake because there was no water, no food, nothing to survive in a country like Haiti. Mm-hmm. There was no food, nothing to survive. But for me, I felt that that was the beginning of something much better, something greater for my life. And I had to change my perspective on how can I take that story that experience to help me become a victor in life and not a victim. Because yeah. I could have used that story and blame the government, blame the country, blame everybody. Right. Uh-huh. Blame my dad for taking Point too long fingers. to come get me out. I mm-hmm. was mad while I was under that mm-hmm. building. My arm was broken and I, I wish my dad could come a little earlier. And I was mad, I was angry at him. I could hear him outside, but I didn't. I, I wasn't in that position where I needed to blame people. I had to change my perspective Can and I choose that story. And ask, yeah. I, I heard your wife, Charlotte, say earlier that your mom was very spiritual-minded, and you said that your mom's mom um, is the lady in the blue dress. Yeah. And I'm just, I don't even know if this is a question. I guess it's just my thoughts of just listening to the story. So these spiritual women your life was already covered prior to you even being born. Yeah. And then leading up to having to make the decision of whether you were going to school on a scholarship um, as a, for a doctor and listening to your spiritual side that was guiding you mm-hmm. along. I just think that's so powerful. Yeah. And, and, and then to be in the position that you're in now. And the more you tell your story, the more... I hear the spiritual side and everything that happened spiritually. Yeah. That's, that's totally different from the flesh. Yeah, and at 16. Yeah, and at a young age. I mean, think how a 16-year-old thinks. Think today, yeah, right. Right. I that's, mean, that's, that's, that's powerful. That's, that's extremely powerful. That, that's, that's godly. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of godly, uh, Haitian, what religion is, is practiced in Haitian? That's a great question. These people, they believe so much in God. They believe mm. in this. They believe there's a God. They pray this God every single day. I don't know why it's taking so long for them to rise. Mm. But they're just some of the most believers you will ever met, mm. these, these people. I remember when the earthquake happened. By the way, after earthquake happened, there's an aftershock. Yeah. Every that single second, like there's an aftershock. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That aftershock keep happening for over four, three to four weeks. So I remember after the big earthquake, there was another big one, five point something. When this one happened, every single Haitian with one voice, one tongue, oh say Jesus, and the building, the, the land stopped shaking. 
listen to that's that. The entire land. Right there. Yes. Yes. So you could hear the entire nation mm. saying Jesus that second. As one. As one. That's powerful. And the building stopped, sh- stopped shaking. Like mm-hmm. the land stopped shaking. Mm-hmm. This island stopped shaking. So I don't know. There's... This is it. This is this is it. This is a land of promise. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. taking a lot of time for them exactly. to see that, and God keep digging and for Haitian to start discovering more of His power. So I do believe that He will help them rise. Mm-hmm. Honey, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Oh, I could go on and on about this topic, oh, because wow. my husband is so spiritually minded. Like he can meet someone and automatically like tell you what their energy is like and you know he can read people really well mm-hmm. and um but there are so many people in haiti that are that way that believe in the that have the deepest dreams and believe in their dreams and have visions that come like way before the actual thing happens in their lives mm-hmm. um and at first, I thought it was so like hokey, like yeah. this is weird, what's going on you know? here. Like, because <laughs> he would have um, his mom would like call him and and be like, "Hey, I'm worried about you," and I just know that something's going on. And it was like day where something had, huge had happened in our family, or mm-hmm. his brother that was living in Africa at the time, also on a mission. When when his mom had a stroke here or in Haiti. He knew exactly what had happened before anybody called him to tell him. Wow. Um, things happen, that, and they just believe in a deeper way. Like They're just open to that. And I feel like that I'm a lot of times not open to that because I wasn't either raised with that or I, I'm just right. not looking for it. Right. But they're, um, especially my husband, he's very spiritually minded. But I was also going to say when you're talking mm-hmm. about um, the religion in Haiti, um, it's rare to find someone that's not Christian. My. And um, wow. I remember on Sundays, whenever we were in Haiti, so you see like the normal traffic of everyone walking on the streets, right, mm-hmm. and hustling. And But on, on Sunday, it's such, it was like my favorite day because every single time we were there on Sunday, we would drive the streets, and whenever we drove the streets, there was literally like families dressed like to the hill. Like, <laughs> you know, these people have almost nothing, yet they have the whitest, most crisp shirts that you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. The girls are in these perfect dresses that I'm like, I can't even dress up my kids that well, <laughs> you know, and I don't even live in a dirt hut, you know what I mean? Right, right. I'm like, how are they getting these shirts clean? And they're driving on streets where where all this dust is blowing and for they all look so perfect because they're all walking to church. Wow. They're all going to church. And literally you will see families, family after family after family mm-hmm. dressed in their very best headed to church and almost solely Christian churches, all different kinds. Mm-hmm. That's but nice. it's, a, it's a beautiful sight. I, I was about to say, I'm it's, sure that is beautiful, especially mm-hmm. what, the way you were saying family after family. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times you don't get that here for no, sure. You know? yeah. one going, not the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's powerful. It was so mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. I, and I'll never forget that. The first time I went there, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you just, it, it's just a testament of the kind of people that they are. That's a great connection. Their history has right. a lot to do with that because mm-hmm. they rose above the French mm-hmm. and they, they, they had the power of God with them and nothing could stop them. That's amazing. And yeah. they understand that and they know it. Yeah. yeah. They know it. Because yeah. when you know what you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And that's the thing. So it becomes part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what people are trying to do to the Haitians. They're trying to make them forget their culture, who they are. Mm-hmm. That's the only way for people to distract you from changing who you are, mm-hmm. teach you otherwise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when Haitians start knowing who they are, where they came from, their true culture, that's when they will rise. So now a lot of countries, a lot of nations trying to teach them otherwise. Mm-hmm the opposite of who they are. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way for people to change your path, by teaching you the opposite of your culture, of who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, 
you will never find where you're going. Oh, that sounds oh, so yes. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true statement. Yeah. True mm-hmm. statement. Absolutely. All right, now I have to ask that we, we fast forward. You were 16. We're going to not focus on the your story with that because it's in your book. They need to get the book and then mm-hmm. they can read the story. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to fast forward. You come to Utah to go to school at BYU. Mm-hmm. BYU, Idaho. BYU, BYU Idaho. Idaho. There's BYU Provo, BYU Idaho. Mm-hmm. Oh. And there's one in Hawaii and Jerusalem. <laughs> I just knew a Provo. I didn't know about the Idaho. Okay. All right, so you went to BYU, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's and, now, Charlotte, you were born and raised in the United States. Mm-hmm. What part of the United States? In Utah. So that's where you were born and raised in Utah. Yeah. All right, now. Have you ever been in Utah? Don't be funny. No, no. It's really not funny. You ready? We need to go. We got to go. I never been to Utah. I, I haven't either. Let's make it a trip. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. If well, you want to see the best snow on earth, then you go to Utah. There gotcha. you go. All right. All right. Well, we we will go. be going to Utah. <laughs> yes. But now you told me in Haiti, it's a black country. It is. Do white people live in Haiti? A lot of white people in Haiti. Yeah. Really? Uh huh. A lot. So they 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 run the entire private sector, all of the businesses. It's hard for you to have a business in Haiti if you're not white or if you're not dealing with the white. See, I, You don't see them out on the streets. So you don't see them normally, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just going out and about in Haiti. Yeah. But there is quite a few that live yeah. there. Yeah. See, I'm thinking of a black country. I'm not thinking like South Africa. Mm-hmm. No, white is in South Africa, but not in Kenya and the yeah. rest of them. So I'm thinking Haiti is, is black. Yeah, uh-huh. So... It is some white people that are running mm-hmm. things, like you said, yeah. right? Okay, so... But it's I, not a bad thing, by the way, right. for them to run. So we have you. to be able to learn how to run a business so we can In take order over. To, yeah. Or we work together with them. Right. Okay. You know? Okay, yeah. so so black Haitians mm-hmm. didn't experience what we experience, what black people experience in America. No. No. Okay. Wow. No. So y'all didn't get enslaved and beaten and... So... No, I, I, I'm not going to say no. We, we did, yeah. We from did. the French. From the from French. French. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. from the French, yeah. We fought for that. But mm-hmm. y'all over- But him as a person, he never experienced Yeah, my that. dad, my yeah. great father, my mm-hmm. great, great father, no. My great, great, fifth, great, 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 great father, About no. About five. Whoa. Even sixth generation, no. Even seventh. What was gen- it, 1801? 1804. 1804. Okay. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, and... That's great. And, and... And sometimes I, 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 I would love to hear more about what black people in the U.S. have been through. <laughs> because I came here with the mindset of, I'm going to make it. I don't believe that people will stop me. I don't yeah. believe white people will stop me. I, I, yeah. I, I believe we're all, we all the same. Right. We were created to succeed. Mm-hmm. Of course I had experience by Mary White girl right. that people started treating me different, mm-hmm. but it yeah. didn't stop me from going where I want to be. Right. And I I do I don't have anything negative or against any color because mm-hmm. I, I can only focus on the things I can control. There you go. <laughs> hey man, that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so Charlotte, you were born and raised over here. Mm-hmm. So had this black man coming up to you like, hey, what's going on, baby? What mean? <laughs> wait, wait. I don't think Williamson said yeah, that. He did like, hey, what's, hey what's going on, baby? Yeah, he, he, was, he, he, he said in Creole. Oh, that's what it was. I was in French. By the way, she kissed me first. We're going to go there, right? Oh, she kissed you first? You're really doing that. Wow. That's not true. not true. I was a little smoothie. I remember. I mean, smooth, sorry. Um, I mean, smooth, yeah. I, I remember I asked her some very important questions for me. I asked her, do you love God? Mm-hmm. And have you served God? Have you been able to go out and teach people about God? And I said, I would love to take you out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. because those things were important to me. Right. Spiritual. Mm-hmm. My spirituality matters. So. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Because I'm quite sure <laughs> in Utah, there's not that many black people. Right? No, uh-uh. that's right. why we're here in Georgia. Right, right. So this, I like we were that. tired of being stirred out everywhere we went. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So I can I mean, for you being raised up there and a black guy approach you and talking to you. Yeah, like what, what's your experience? Right, what that? went through your mind? Like, oh, you black? I can't talk to you. Oh, my parents won't approve of you. What went through that's your right. mind? That's right. Yeah. So um, 
I grew up traveling a lot. And so I think I grew up with a totally different mindset. Mm. Um, even more than the rest of my family, I, I didn't meet him till I was 27. So, and I was a full-time teacher. So I had enough money to travel, to do all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, since ever since I graduated high school, I almost filled all my summers and every free time and any penny that I got, I would travel. So by the time I met him, I had visited 25 countries and cultures and people that were different were super intriguing to me. She had a totally different experience. And so, um, I actually knew about him before I met him because, um, we lived in this apartment complex where, um, there was a lot of singles our age and we would hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he moved in with one of our friends that had been our friends for a while. His name was Eric. And so we all knew, oh yeah, Eric has a new roommate and he's from Haiti. So I automatically, <laughs> so when I walked into the party that he was at, I knew exactly who he was. The oh, minute, that, the minute that's I why she him. kissed you first. <laughs> So I was just intrigued mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, because I, whenever I find someone that has a different culture and different upbringing mm-hmm. than me, then mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm drawn to that. I feel you. And okay. so um, I went up to him and I started talking to him and I introduced myself and, um, and then he asked me those questions and I was like, man, this guy is. <laughs> deep already Real, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight to the straight to the chase right? right so um but look at williamson his smile right. his charisma mm-hmm. just oozes out from him yes it does mm-hmm. so he intrigued me i wasn't like oh my gosh he's so head hot, over heels you know yeah, like okay. i wasn't head over heels but i was hot at the time and still now huh you are you're <laughs> very hot still now, huh? <laughs> um anyway so Yes, I knew as we started um, hanging out and as we started dating and as I started bringing him around friends and family, I quickly realized that, ooh, they don't have the same experience that I do, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy with my family. It wasn't easy with a lot of my friends, with even some of my roommates. They told Mm -hmm. me I couldn't bring him over. And it was was just, there was a lot of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And they didn't even know him. But because he spoke a different language, he was from a different country, he had a different color of skin, it was so foreign to them that they almost didn't even want to deal with it. And a lot of times people are afraid. It's just like fear Mm -hmm. of the unknown. So it's okay. We we all exactly. You know, us, us <laughs> that were born and raised over here, yeah, what she is, yeah, we we, we go through that quite often. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not a big issue to us, and yeah. everything wasn't a big issue to you. Because and you I'm sure you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you yeah. know, yeah, I appreciate it, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's great that you look past all of that. And the fact that she traveled a lot, that, that she helped. was already open minded, she had experience, That's you the know, word, with other, yeah, yeah, with other cultures. Yeah. So, in other words, that was a norm to you. Oh. And you, like you said, he intrigued you. So, yeah, I want to talk to him because that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it was uh, it was so interesting, though, because it was like our souls connected. I never had a hard time understanding his English. Like mm-hmm. I never I never felt like we were there was a language barrier between us. That's good. Um, it was so interesting just the way that we connected and our souls connected and and uh his spirit was just so strong and it was like any other person I ever dated. And it, he was just so intriguing on so many levels when he would tell me his story and he would tell me stories from Haiti and mm-hmm. what he's going through. Cause at, at that time he literally was living off of nothing mm-hmm. and he was sleeping on his friend's couch. And, um, he, yeah, I saw him work like it, like it all depended on him mm-hmm. yet have faith like it all depended on god and his faith was so strong whenever people would ask me well what well what do you like about him and i would i would just say his faith he has faith to move mountains that's what kind of faith williamson has and he will not stop until he moves those mountains so um and it was so confusing to me because i grew up in a very religious environment Mm -hmm. um and i i thought it was really interesting that that more people weren't spiritually minded to see how amazing he was Mm -hmm. when I would bring him around. Mm. 
Are you okay if I go there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was so frustrating to me when I would bring him around and I, people who I thought were spiritually minded, right? And they, they couldn't catch on to his amazing spirit. Mm-hmm. I was just like, all this I promise time. I'm, I'm not joking. I promise. Like, how do you not, not see, see what that. I see? Yeah. You know? But there were just a few people in my life that did. Mm-hmm. And um, I've kept in really good contact with them just because they were spiritually minded. And I could tell immediately by when I introduced him to whoever I was on, whoever I was seeing him to, that I could tell immediately if they were going to go there and Mm -hmm. be weird about it or if they were going to get to know him for who he is and Mm -hmm. see his spirit because he just glows Mm -hmm. like just something about him so yeah Mm. Yeah. what a story spiritualities so so honestly honestly who kissed whom first oh gosh she did kiss me honey no honestly (laughs) I'm from the island the beautiful island of Haiti (laughs) honey okay so you know he can tell if you're lying or not I promise <laughs> a beautiful brown guy moved from Haiti to Utah how can you not kiss him first it's true he, he has it's a point true, there but you did kiss me first I'm not saying I didn't kiss you back woman's, so. woman's always right okay yeah. I, that's, that's the true to happiness right no doubt yeah so how long, right. how long have y'all been married well, for six years we've mm-hmm. known each other for over seven years yeah. Okay. We, we dated six. for a year. We married in 26. We married in 2016. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So what, who, who's the oldest? My wife. Yeah, she's four years older than me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. 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 Now, we're gonna fast forward again. <laughs> what are you doing here in the U.S. That's prosperous. What What are you doing? Why are you here? What you doing here? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, isn't he doing here? The and there you go. <laughs> I like or easier one to answer, huh? Like yeah. <laughs> By the way, I love this country. All I right. love the story of it. I love I love the people who have served this country. Mm-hmm. That's my wife. I'm I'm just I'm a U.S. citizen. You know, I it, it's 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 wonderful to see all the great things you guys has to offer. Mm-hmm. When I came to the U.S., I saw so many opportunities. I knew I had to do something with them. Right. I had to take every single one of them. When I'm not working, I'm doing something else. You know, and I will say I'm here to do what the Lord wants me to do. And he wants me to do a lot of great things. And mm-hmm. some of them I don't even know. I'm just here to do what he wants me to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why do you, I understand you say you, that's why y'all are here because of the, the interracial thing, but you're in Oglethorpe. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're ultimately here because God wants us here. But we did. We had had our our heart set on this kind of like Florida area for a while, right. so we knew we were going to come this way. But I don't know how we got here. Okay, <laughs> I don't know we how don't. we got to Georgia. I don't know how we got here. The Lord got it. Your us steps, here. yeah. So, right, right. Because yeah. racism with Georgia. Alabama, Mississippi, it's kind of yeah. rough, and you kind of yeah. came to the heart of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And have y'all had any trouble since you've been here? No. To be honest, he's, he's way, like the most optimistic person, so way, he'll always tell you no. My but. character don't see things as problem. They all lesson. Yeah. You need you those things something. in your path mm-hmm. to get where you're going. Yes. You know, you can't you you can't skip those things. You can't nope, skip them. You can't skip that and step. When they come to your path, they're not a problem anymore, cause that's the path. They become part of the path <laughs> to get there. And that's like you take the next step. Yeah, I like yeah. that. He's like been it. he's been proving a lot of skeptics wrong. I'll say All that right. much. That's good. That's really <laughs> good. When we moved onto the street, from when we moved onto the street to, even just. I don't know, just people seeing him for a young black male and thinking that he should be a certain way and he's not, he's proving a lot of people wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah and so it's 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 interesting to see how they first react to him and how their minds or their views change after Immediately, they really get I'm sure. to know him. Yeah. yeah. They have to really get to yeah. know him. And um, some people try to get to know him and some people, they're just not interested. Well... 
It's uh, it's it's your loser your gain. Yeah. Right? I agree. I agree. Because yeah. I I want to get to know everybody. Yes. I, you know. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a, a funny story. It feel kind of so for real. So real. So real that I'm here right now because my first time seeing you, I was in the Oglethorpe Share Department, and like I said I work out of Madison Elbert in Oglethorpe. So Did you know he was? He was inside, but I keep coming back and forth because I need to meet with someone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I thought you met him in Elberton. Uh, no. uh, my first time seeing him, oh I was sitting gosh. back there and I saw this, this this black fella come up to the window and he was when he spoke, I'm like, hmm, that's a foreigner. So I, it, he caught my my ear, mm-hmm. so I started listening to him and I didn't understand what you said because I have a hard time with that sometimes mm-hmm. unless I'm looking in your mouth. So I'm hearing you speaking, didn't know nothing you were saying. And I heard the young lady, the lady at the front, were like, "Well, yeah, just leave your leave something." I'm like, mm, "They breaking him off. I don't mm-hmm. think they they trying to see what he's all about." And then I think you left a card or something. Yeah, and, and they kinda, even make a copy of my book. Yes, you yeah. did, you uh-huh. did, because I, I looked at the book and everything. Like, huh, that's him on the front cover. And that was my first time ever seeing you. And then for me to be here now and and saw you again and again, mm-hmm. it made me wonder: Is is this my steps being ordered? I mean, this a godly thing or what? Because that was so strange for me, for me to see you there and pay attention to you when you started speaking and, and what you was talking about and you were trying to meet with someone like the sheriff and whatever. And I just felt like they were brushing you off and and to see you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. I, I love that, matter of fact, because yeah. it means something to me. I, evidently, we, we meant to to intertwine our lives somehow, somewhere, for some purpose. And I don't know what yet, but... Yeah. I can't wait to see. Maybe the Lord wants you to to be to be my mentor. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You're already doing it. You you've been a part of every single thing I've, I'm doing in this county. Mm-hmm. You came. You supported me. You, yeah. You're just part of the journey. Yes. Yeah. I tell my wife today, honey, we need to be their friend, and I can't wait to have them over tonight. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you guys. Special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for having us a lot. No mm-hmm. doubt. Now, what are you doing as far as trying to help someone here mm-hmm. in America. What, what, is, what is your... Yeah. You know, as I, I came from Haiti, so Haiti is number three in the entire world of children, for children being trafficked, kidnapped, exploited. Mm. The child sex trafficking is really high in Haiti. And I, years ago, I wanted to do something. Growing up, I've seen my parents have orphanages helping children. But for me, there wasn't something concrete. There wasn't a long-term change. And I've seen so many organizations came to Haiti, donated stuff, but nothing changed mm-hmm. in the long term. So I realized I can do something better. I can do something different. That's when I started my foundation together with my wife. We started this mentorship program to empower young people, to teach them how they can change their mindset, become a victor, being able to create their life and impact their communities. So when we started back in 2016, 2015, 2016, we started with five mentors and 25 mentees. We trained the mentors. We brought people from the U.S. to help us train our mentors. And then today we have over 400 mentors all across the island. Haiti, Dominican Republic. We work in some countries in Africa. So that's how we started with the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. So a year ago, when we moved here to Georgia, I've been thinking about ways to implement the mentorship program because I've seen, I don't, I don't, I get to drive all the one and I've seen the, the people, the young people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't, I don't see the, um, I don't see that they have, they discovered who they are yet. Right. And I felt the need of our mentorship program. I keep telling my wife, honey, it looks to me that they've been victimized. They've, they've been playing that victim game, and it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. It's how they raise. So I truly believe the mentoring program can help change young people's mindset in the South. Mm-hmm. And I took one month out of my time with my family. I keep driving to Alberton every single day, mm-hmm. meeting people, go to school, universities, and mm-hmm. um, um local local organization local businesses and introduce myself tell them who i am some people they welcome me some didn't have time and didn't even want to shake my hand and that was fine that was part of the journey right Mm -hmm. and 
I started meeting people that the Lord wanted me to meet. Mm. They started li- listening to my story, and they made the connection from the Civic Center to Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim to John Clark, John Clark to Captain Darren, Captain Darren to um, the chairman, commissioner, like everyone, they get to hear the story, Albertin Star, and all of them. And we started the mentorship program. We started in the Blackwell community mm-hmm. at the Cultural Center in the Blackwell Gym. Mm-hmm. And also we started one at the Sunny Brooks community. So that's how we we going so far. Mm-hmm. Because the goal is to help young people in Albert County to discover who they are, to discover their gifts and talents. Because once they know who they are, they will rise and become anything they want. I like the fact that you know, he saw the need. It's the mindset. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you went for. Yeah. Now, you're going to have a, a uphill battle because and I'm from Elba County. Mm-hmm. And I see a big difference there than when I grew up because you're having kids having kids. Mm-hmm. And when you are 13, 14, having a child, you don't know how to be a mom. Yeah. So that child pretty much raising themselves. Mm-hmm. So when a child raised themselves, most of the time they don't have no morals. Those are the same kids that become 13 and 14, walk up to someone and blow their head off and feel nothing mm-hmm. because they raised themselves. So that can be an uphill battle, and I'd be glad to take that struggle with you mm-hmm. because I, I do see a problem in Everton. They need uh, mentors like you and Williamson is what mm-hmm. they need. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> People to look to. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I know a few other guys that are doing the same thing you're doing. I would love to hook y'all up. I would love that. And, and, and see what can come of that. Because yeah. Cause I want everyone in Elberton to understand that we are not here to compete. I would love for them to mm-hmm. guide me, mm-hmm. to be a mentor, to help me. Mm-hmm. Find Into ways to serve. To, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because it's, it's critical. They mm-hmm. need mentors. Mm-hmm. Young people need mentors. Absolutely. Mm. Strong, strong, no mm-hmm. doubt. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad someone want to make a change. Yeah. Right. Someone that cares about the kids because the kids are our future. They are. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. are. Big time. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were there on Saturday. We had this. Um, it was the last day of camp. One of the things we teach, and the ment- because the mentoring program, we have a curriculum designed to help young people change their mindset. So they get to learn principles on how to believe in yourself, mm-hmm. affirmations, um, the power of I am, creating order in your life, mm-hmm. like all of these principles. So one of their favorite is affirmations. So they get to repeat after me, and I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm wonderful, like all of these principles. And you can tell they started to believe those things. They all came up after that lesson, after that session, mm-hmm. and show me some of the pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they want. That's what they want to learn. And I truly believe that these little principles can help change the future of Elberton. And yeah. maybe maybe in the future we can have our mentoring center, a mm-hmm. building. Exactly. The leaders in the community can mm-hmm. help us by letting us use a building for young people to come and learn these principles. Right. So instead of me, make it me going and find them, they know where we are exactly. and come learn these principles. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. what we want. It's a designated area. That would be awesome. And mm-hmm. we, can, we can transform any crappy building into the best mentoring center for young people yes, you in this county. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds mm-hmm. great. All right. Once again, I appreciate y'all allowing us in your mm-hmm. home and doing this podcast. It has been wonderful. But before we go, in the last words, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, not good at this stuff. Um, I don't know. I used to say, I always tell people, people always say, I get the question a lot. So is it hard to marry someone from a different culture, a different country? And what are the hardest things that come with that? And... Um, I just think that we've been raised to believe that different is bad, different is mm. bad, different is bad. And I just have to remind them, why would you ask me that question in the first place? Because they're automatically thinking that, oh, different is bad. Right. If two different people come together, that's a bad thing. Or not even different people, because our souls are practically the same, but two different mm-hmm. people 
that are raised differently or raised in different countries. Um, and I just think it's it's good to remind ourselves that different is good. Yeah. And that if you believe differently than I do, or you have a different political opinion than I do, or you were raised differently than I do, or you look differently than I do, then that's good. Right. That's okay. Because right. I can learn from you. I can learn from your experiences. Mm -hmm. I can learn so much from being your friend because you are different from me. Yes. So, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Well, well said. Well said. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I, I forgot to brag about how wonderful my wife is. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I, could, I couldn't be, and I wouldn't be where I am and what I'm doing without my wife. Mm -hmm. She believes in me. She, she's, she's my mentor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she taught me so much. So, yeah. I like that. I, I made the best choice, and thanks for picking me up every day. And, you know, not only picking me up, but for picking me, for choosing me every day. <laughs> yeah. Also picking me up every day, too, because yeah. I'm falling apart sometimes, you know. <laughs> I don't even know who I am sometimes. She just... <laughs> Put, put all the back piece back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You drag him out of bed every day. Oh, I wish. I'm just kidding. He's dragging me out of bed. I wish, seriously. Yeah. So, we just say the last words before we go. I know. Um, I I stand for young people. That's my that's my life, my passion. So, I would say to every single young people who are listening right now, just believe in yourself. Believe that you are created to accomplish great things in this life. Believe that no one can stop what God has designed for you. Just believe in yourself. There's no place you cannot be, no, nothing you cannot accomplish if you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Just keep believing. Keep believing. Amen. Amen. Dana Dane? Oh, wow. Um, God created all of us uniquely different. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a little saying that uh, I like to give to my nephews and my sons. And I always say, keep God first and everything else will fall in line. It will. Hey, that's a true mm -hmm. statement. It will. Well, what I would like to say is it's it been a privilege and a pleasure to have met you two. Mm -hmm. To be friends with you two. Because <laughs> that's what we are. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for us. I really okay. can't. I'm really looking forward to it. I know it was a reason I was in that shared department that day, because mm -hmm. I really don't go to Oglethorpe Shared Department, <laughs> but I was there that day, and you have happened to walk in that day. Then I saw you again at Juneteenth in Elberton, yeah. and it's a reason. We swapped numbers then. We really got to know each other, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to our future together. Okay. Thank you. We, we, we love you guys. You guys yeah. are wonderful. Seriously. Yeah. No doubt, no it's doubt. It's easy to feel a wonderful people are these days. And <laughs> you guys are. Thank you. And yeah, with that said, from the mind, to the lips, to the heavens, until next time, peace from the heart. Death bar, death bar. Death bar, death bar. Death bar, uh -huh.